Shannon. And I'm Rami, and this is Workplace Hugs. This is a place where we talk about interesting things we've read or heard and how it relates to the workplace experience. Our goal here is simple. Help all of us expand our workplace toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy and without a whole new degree. We'll purposefully talk about it in three different scenarios. We'll hit it on the high level. We'll talk about how we've experienced it at the lowest level, give you some examples from our lives, and then we'll share some ways to take this back into your own workplace life. With that, Shannon, I have a lot of how questions for you, but I feel like you're (laughs) going to tell me that that is not the question to be asking this week. So you tell me, Shannon. Rami, this week we're talking about a book called The Answer to How is Simply Yes. There's no simply in the book title, but The Answer to How is Yes by, I think it's Peter Block. And at the highest level, what this very philosophical, ideological book is saying is that we ask ourselves how way too soon when it comes to what we should do with our lives, when it comes to a a business problem that we might be solving. And really, we should just accept that if we're doing something that matters, the answer to how is always going to be yes. I'm just like that, like, hang out there for a minute in the ether. We just all have to kind of live in that. I think um, as we were kind of breaking this one down earlier, it took me a while to get there. But I think at the end of the day, if if you're doing things that are clearly aligned with your aspirations, your why, Uh then the tactical piece of how of how doesn't really matter. Right. Because you know what that goal is. You know that you are going to get there. The A to X doesn't really matter what matters is the z and if the focus is on the z like you will get to the z yes yep exactly and why i was really excited to talk about this very philosophical and ideological book uh is because it spoke to me personally as i thought about different career decisions that i made in my life and where i think i asked myself well how would i do that too soon and it led me down a path with a lot of like I was good at it, but not a lot of like, it's really meaningful work to me or the people that I care about. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's fascinating to consider. And he goes so far as to, at one point in the book, saying that if we could agree that for six months, we would not ask how, something in our lives, our organizations, and our culture might shift for the better. It would force us to engage in conversations about why we do what we do as individuals or organizations, and it would create the space for longer discussions about purpose and what is truly worth doing. And I think that's kind of meaty, especially in the times that we're in, in 2020 in our world. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people... Well, I hope a lot of people are pausing and asking themselves this question a lot more of like, why? And just accepting that if it's something that really matters, then it's just a yes, we should be doing it. What's going through your head, Rami? No, I think it is a deep question. I think it does cause us to to step back and really, really evaluate like the things where we're investing energy and, and if we should be investing that energy. Do you have some pivots or some questions from the book that we can kind of try and 
punch yeah. at. Yep. So let's take it into the dirt level a little bit. So he has six questions listed in the book that he suggests we pivot. I think a couple of them are frankly confusing. So I've narrowed it down to just three that I think are really helpful examples to that you can maybe latch on to. So the first how question he gives is an example that people often ask themselves is, oh, well, how long will it take? And that can very frequently derail a person into like, oh, it's going to take too long. Forget it. Then I'm not going to do it. The example that comes to mind for me here is just this past week, I was talking with a client who is 27 years old. Just put that in your brain, right? This person is 27 years old and is thinking about a career pivot that would mean that she would have to go back to school. Mm hmm. And she kept telling herself for a very long time because she was so focused on the how question that like, okay, forget it. I'm not going to do it because I'm going to have to go back to school. (laughs) So like, never mind. She's 27. She could have like a 40 year career ahead of her. Frankly, if you're 47, you could still have 20 plus more years of beautiful Uh work in you. So why is it that we say, like, after we graduate with our initial degree or whatnot, that then all of a sudden, like, we're done and we can (laughs) never do something different? It's so interesting because I think part of it is you you want the excuse. You want the excuse to say, like, I would I would do that thing. But like, look at all the time that it's going to take to accomplish that thing. Yes. And I think if. If that's your excuse, then maybe what you're trying to accomplish isn't the right thing, right? Like you are using that as an excuse, but maybe the excuse is that like it just isn't aligned with what you want or, or your, your life goal or your, your, your why at its most distilled nature. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you do, you will find a way to not let that be an excuse regardless of your regardless of the the time you are in your career or where you are in your life i think i was talking to my dad the other day who is retired and he was talking to me and telling me well i just submitted all my 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 college all three my dad is the smartest person i know uh all three of my college degrees and transcripts to the university by us and i said oh that's interesting like why why are you doing that he's like oh i want to get my degree in like i want to be a a certified nutritionist oh my gosh and i can if they accept all of my like credits like i only need like the specific nutritionalist courses or whatever it is to get the degree so that i can do that and so i think about it it's like he knows that that's what he wants to do i think if it comes back and he has to do a lot of courses like maybe he decides i I don't want to do it but the fact that he's retired choosing to go back to school and choosing to put in all the effort that he has so far and and i assume will continue to put in to get where he wants to i think shows that he like his determination is the goal is to get that degree so that he can do i don't know probably just tell me that what i put in my smoothie is not healthy for me and I'll have to readjust (laughs) my proportions. But I think that kind of mentality is, is enviable, right? It's how do you see that you can always make that pivot regardless of where you are in your career or your life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So going back to the pivot that the author is suggesting, instead of asking how long will it take, 
ask what commitment am I willing to make? I like that. See, that's perfect. Because it's like, if you want that thing, are you willing to put in the effort? It doesn't matter what the effort is, but are you willing to? Yep. Yep. And if you are, then like, then you will accomplish that thing. Yeah. Regardless of what it is that you have to do or roadblocks that come up as you're doing it. Totally. Totally. And going back to this client that's 27 years old and telling herself that she can't make a pivot. Sometimes I get bossy. I don't get bossy very often, but sometimes I do get bossy in coaching sessions. And I said, okay, just for this session, let's experiment. We can't ask how. We're going to try to really get at the why of what you want to do next. And for her, it was about thinking about populations or groups of people or living beings that she really wants to serve. And at the end of the day, we got her so connected to that why that she was now more comfortable with the fact that that would mean she might have to go back to school. You know, like it just doesn't phase her as much because she is so committed to serving that population that she really deeply cares about that it like it doesn't matter anymore it's worth it okay so the next question that he says gets us gets in the way too soon is how much does it cost and i can totally think of times where i've been so focused on like no it's going to cost too much uh in terms of literal financial money because we talked about time a little bit in the first one that it was too long a deterrent. And instead he says, let's ask, what is the price I am willing to pay? Oh, so this one to me is so interesting. And the thing that I jump to here is one, I think about my sister who works with underserved populations, Mm. because that has always been like the thing that she's wanted to do is like invest in those populations and work with them. And I think your pivot was really interesting for that because you can you remind me the pivot what is the price i am willing to pay versus how much does it cost so i think if you think about it from what does it cost it clearly you're going to make less of a salary doing that type of work Mm -hmm. but what am i willing to pay like maybe i'm willing to pay that i live at that salary and, and that's where I will exist because what I'm getting out of this is that I get to work with that, that demographic. And if I chose to make more and work with a different clientele or, or do something different, like certainly I'd make more money. But the cost of that at the end of the day is that I don't work with the populations that I want to. And I yeah. think that's such a such an interesting thing for us to weigh as we're thinking about our career and, and even the roles that we take on. Right. Like, are there when you're thinking about that new role or that new organization, are there things there that you're willing to give up for other pieces, right? Whether it's time off or salary or, or equity, whatever it is, are there things that you're willing to give up on because the thing that you're working on or the people that you're working with is worth it? Yeah. Yeah. So an example that comes to mind for myself personally, well, there's two that come to mind, but your last comment made me think about my choice to exit corporate America. And it was because the, the price I was willing to pay, like it was, be, it was costing me too much and I was no longer willing to pay that price. Mm-hmm. I was no longer to feel so out of alignment with my values that I was willing to continue, frankly, willing or able to show up in that environment anymore because my perception was that this was costing me time and attention that I could be spending serving 
people that I really longed to serve. I perceived corporate America as taking me away from volunteering and working with populations and communities that I really wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And after 10 years of doing it, the price was too high. I wasn't willing to pay that price anymore. Uh, And the price, so to speak, from a financial perspective of saying, okay, I'm going to make a pivot and deal with the financial consequences that was a price I was willing to pay because it was becoming so painful to live out of alignment with who I was, which takes me back to the first example that I was thinking about when I was even in college, like Rami, all the signs were pointing to this. (laughs) I would say to people all the time, my like advisors in college, I'm debating, do I want to be the hands that do the good? Or do I want to be the hands that make the money that do the good? Cause like you need donors to make things happen in Mm -hmm. some of these movements And I clearly chose be the hands that make the money for the first 10 years of my career. And I hope now I believe that you could do a little bit of both. Uh, But yeah, I look back to that and I think here I am a foster parent, like basically practicing like a major in social work. Yep. How would my life have been different Mm -hmm. if I had not asked myself, well, how will I support myself majoring in social work? I asked myself that question so soon in my college career decisions that it pointed me towards business. Whereas if I would have just stuck on the why a little bit longer, who knows? Well, what I think is interesting and I think is validating for a lot of our listeners is whether you are the 27, whether you are the 30 something, whether you are the 60 something, Mm -hmm. if your focus is on your why and you you know what that is like you can make that change Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep and it will be for the better yes so the third question and final one that we'll talk about in the dirt level section here is how are other people doing it successfully this is another one that I see a lot of folks get hung up on in transition of like, mm-hmm. but nobody else is doing it. So that like it, it can't possibly be possible for me to do it. And instead, he says, we should ask ourselves, what do you want to create? So don't focus on what other people are doing. What do you yourself want to create in the world for our world, whatever it might be for yourself? And you talking about your dad, I wasn't expecting to share this example, made me think about my mom. My mom had 11 children and two foster children, and I was the youngest child. And when I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade, my mom went back to college to finish her degree. She had never gotten a college degree and it was really important to her. She would joke all the time that it was because she wanted to be as smart as her children. Both of my parents very much valued education. They encouraged their kids to go off and get degrees, but neither one of them had ever finished their college degrees. And I just, gosh, that gives me chills every time I think about it, because what courage it took for her as a 50-something, she had me when she was 46, maybe like a 55-year-old woman to show up at UW-River Falls Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like decide that even if there was no other 55-year-old woman example who was working full-time and still parenting and had, like, a crap load of older kids who depended on her all the time for babysitting, that this was so important to her in terms of what she wanted to create for her life, that she figured out a way to make it happen 
and make it work. Like, gosh, what a woman, man. Yeah, I mean, it's tenacity, it's courage, it's 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 a unfettered focus on your why and your goal that the the things to get you there do not matter. Yes. And I think where I want to take this is I want to jump right into the 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 last pieces because I think you have a really good question that he asks throughout the book. Well, I don't know that he asks a question, but he makes a statement throughout the book. The statement, yes. Where he says that how becomes an expression of our lack of trust in ourselves. Can we, let's sit in that for a second. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking I need to say it again. How becomes an expression of our lack of trust in ourselves. And that hit me like a freaking Mack truck when I read it in the book of like, oh my gosh, 90 miles an hour straight into the wall. It just speaks to me so deeply in terms of how true that is. When we jump to how, when we jump to the need to measure ourselves, to justify, to explain, to get evidence at the core of all of it is that we don't trust ourselves, that we can really do this thing and prioritize the why of what matters so deeply to us. It gives me chills every time I think about it. It's so fascinating because I think of a lot of examples in my own life, in my own jobs, and the companies that I've worked for, and even like talking to my friends and my family of when someone says like, hey, I want to do this thing, and here are the 10 steps, and here's how I'm going to get there. You go, well, I don't know. I don't know if you're your true goal is your goal if you have to rationalize it and and explain away every single step. Mm. The there, There's a balance to that, but I think at the end of the day, the ones where you have to rationalize every single step across the path, I think are ones where you are, are doubting yourself and trying to prove, and my wife says this to me a lot, you're trying to prove analytically that it makes sense that you can that you can make sense of the numbers or the situation and i think mm. when when we do that it's because either there's something that is out of alignment with our why and, and our goal and we just need to show that this is the right this is the right path and decision to make in this situation where i think if we step back and say okay what's what's my goal here mm-hmm. and if that goal is truly my North Star and it's a thing that I'm focused on, right? Like your mom. If that's a thing, then the, the how of how I get there, like, doesn't matter. Like, that will all get figured out because I will have, one, so much energy towards what I'm going for. But two, because I'm because I'm doing the thing I know I should be doing, it's going to give me energy to make all the other issues kind of go away. Yeah. Yep. Amen. So with that, let's try to bring it home for the listener. And how can you bring this very philosophical book into your practical everyday work life? And I think at the end of the day, it boils down to this. We really want to encourage you to think about situations where you are focused on the how. And maybe you're almost even stuck on the how because the how is feeling confusing, impossible, insurmountable. And reevaluate if that thing is even something you should be doing in the first place. Is it work that matters? Is it worth doing? Is it something that you want to do? Is it something that matters to you? Those are the questions you should be asking yourself. 
And then you'll, you'll know, okay, the answer to how is yes, because those things matter. And I think it's so interesting because when, when you answer those questions and you say, yep, 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 yep. You know what your goal is. You see your North star, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't really care what the obstacles in that tunnel are because you see the light and you know that that light is what you want. I think it's when you don't see that light and you don't know that's what you want that you say, all right, I need to light some candles and figure out what (laughs) what is between me and the end of this tunnel. I need to see all my obstacles and I need to find a way to overcome all of them. And when you're doing that, and this is where we say, like, we're challenging you guys to think about those situations where you need to know every single step across the way. Yeah. And and really question if is it is it that you need to know all the steps because like it's such a intricate thing or is it that like you're not really sure that you want to even get to the light at the end of the tunnel but making it a very uh, digestible thing is what is allowing you to want to do that thing. Yes. Well said. I love that metaphor. Ugh. What a great episode. Thanks for talking through this very like pie in the sky book with me. <laughs> Uh, we would love to connect with you guys on Instagram and hear what you think about this this concept and what how questions you're maybe getting stuck on and if this helps you repivot and realign to your North Star. You can follow us on Instagram at Workplace Hugs. With that, I've been Shannon. I've been Rami. And this was Workplace Hugs. Mm-hmm.